Hello, humans, and welcome to another fine episode of How to Cry Monster. I am your host, Neil Nestor, and this episode today will be Artificial Intelligence. I'm your co-host, Max. I'm your co-host, Em. And I'm your guy behind the board, Joe. I promise I'm not a robot. Be a real stupid robot if I was. Uh, beep, boop, beep, boop, I don't pop. know, man. I'm seeing a screen back there. I don't actually see Joe today. Hey, hey, hey. I'm not it's a just... GLaDOS. Beep, boop, and bop. Look, that, is, that, is that your first, middle, and last name? Beep, boop, bop? Yeah, that's my proper title. Nice. I thought it was... Mm. Mm. It was it's just a string of ones and what, zeros. What, the dial-up noise? No, the microwave noise. Oh. <laughs> beep, beep. Okay. Well. So... The mystery of artificial intelligence. Now, a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of common misconceptions with artificial intelligence, so I will clear one of them up right now. Um, The first one is that um, artificial intelligence means that it's inherently alive, which... In some cases, it, it 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 does mean that, but in other cases, most of the, most of the time, it doesn't. An artificial intelligence is um, some form of program that allows a machine to basically learn, in essence. So um, this is something. It's a specific program. I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but it is something that you do learn in programming. And um, I learned this from my friend Chris who, unfortunately, I couldn't have with me today, but he did tell me about this program. And that an artificial intelligence is pretty much everywhere. So in your phones, in your computers, um, there are certain traces of AI, and most prominently in video games, there will be lots of AI. My first example is Smash Ultimate, you know, amiibos that can literally learn um, and copy your fighting style. Um, Some of them even taunt. You know, I find that particularly scary. Well, that's if you taunt a lot during your matches. They'll pick up on that and start taunting you back. Some of them. But I've seen them dash dance sometimes. I don't dash dance. What, what's the dash dance? It's like, it's, like when you, it's like when you flick your joystick back and forth, like, oh. rapidly. Like, oh. So. Um, it goes further beyond than um, just video games. I actually found something from my home, like area, Broward County, where we use um, we use a quantitative risk assessment software, which mm-hmm. is AI, to make decisions about releasing people for bail. Interesting. Although um, it was like only twenty percent of the people predicted to commit another crime mm-hmm. actually did. So it still needs to be tweaked. But it, that's just I thought it was cool because it was my hometown. Or home county, I guess. Yeah. That was relevant to this episode. It was just um, out of 7,000, only 20% of the people they said were going to do crimes again if on bail actually did them. Mm -hmm. So it still needs a lot of tweaking. Obviously, our AI isn't what we expect or see in, like, the movies. Right. We're not making GLaDOS quite yet or making um, Connor, this android sent by CyberLife. Hello, Lieutenant. (laughs) <laughs> Although we are getting, like, artificial intelligent cars and such. Like, we have self-driving cars and trucks, and I think Elon is working on a self-driving train or a plane or something like that. He also is self-driving rocket ships right now, which is a huge step for AI. And then he's working on robots, which he just recently announced. Sorry to date the episode. He recently announced a new robot that he's working on. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, um, on media examples, um, if you've ever seen... Or if you've ever read, I have no mouth and I must scream. Oh, that's terrifying. It is a terrifying one. Um, But the whole villain of that story is a master computer that basically learns sentience and it Mm -hmm. learns to resent humanity. And the whole thing is that it's called am because it's in reference to the phrase, I think, therefore I am. Oh. And the reason why I bring it up is that Elon Musk is terrified of this story. Elon Musk in, is terrified of AI as a whole. Isn't that why he yeah. gave like so many failsafes to the robots? Like they can't oh, run yeah. fast, they can't jump that Yeah, no, high. like Elon waterproof. Elon um and Stephen Hawking both said that AI will be the downfall of humanity. I can see it is that. what will bring about our Bill extinction. Gates is also cited as saying that too. Mm-hmm. But yet he doesn't care. He's still 
going for whatever. Isn't he part of IBM? I don't know. It won't I'm be during sure. his lifetime. So <laughs> yeah, why should he care? So, exactly. <laughs> so here's my question. Now, on the topic of sentience, and if we're going to try and um, go for the AI, artificial intelligence classification with sentience, and whether or not this is possible, my first question is, what is sentience? Awareness of oneself. Not necessary of anything, and not necessarily aware of anything else, but awareness of oneself. This is what I am, this is what I know. Could you argue that bugs are sentient? Oh. They make decisions about what they want to eat, and that's about it. But we, we look in the mirror and like, we're like, we as hairless apes, we look into the mirror and go, oh. Me. So I, we are <laughs> I, I would argue that bugs aren't sentient because they're just following their natural instincts. They don't really think. They just go on instinct and react, right? Mm. Neil and I actually had a conversation about this at a, at dinner recently. Yep. We were talking about ants and how they're part of like a colony. and they what about think uncles? <laughs> nice. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we were talking about ants and how they think as a colony. But once you separate an ant from its colony, it kind of, it either like continues living on its own or it decides to off itself and able to like process i guess living on its own ants get depression when they're separated from their hive so they will kill themselves if um they if they have no sense of purpose and the same thing occurs with um honeybees i believe as well now this concept um i have i call the hive mind theory now um if we were trying to compare the hive mind to ai now a uh, an ant or a, a bee uh, may not seem quite, you know, sentient, but it doesn't have to be sentient to be alive. You know, it's following its own form of code, its own form of programming in its DNA. When it's born, it's programmed to fulfill a certain role. The same thing works with certain machines, you know. Now, the thing with ants is that if an ant is separated from its hive, then, or should I say colony, it will do one of two things, as I'm previously mentioned. However, one of those can be to metamorphosize into a queen of its own, and thus create its own colony, its own hive mind. So, I've come up with this idea that the only way to really prove if the whole point of like sentience being free will, if that's the if that's the road we're going, then in order to induce free will, we must separate something from its hive in essence we must see what it does without that chain of command mm. if there's nothing controlling it what does it do that's the real question here and i've i've debated this for a while and the thing with um the hive mind theory is it kind of goes along with if you think about us you know as human beings what are we we individually are hives of our own with billions and billions of single cellular organisms that make us up we are our own hives and they all have their own program into a function that serves a specific purpose in our bodies so if we were to compare ourselves to computers dna is one and the same with code so thus why shouldn't a machine be considered alive well, I would argue because it wasn't born, it was created. I do agree that machines are similar to the mind with coding because we modeled a computer after a brain, mm -hmm. uses electricity to process everything, it stores things in certain parts of it. The motherboard literally is essentially the brain in the way it works, the way it is, pretty much. But the difference is that we created it modeled after us, whereas we were not created per se, we were born. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I can see that. But now let's say, for example, that machines start to reproduce. They start creating more of each other. Hmm. What would we say then? They're already doing it. <laughs> yeah, there are, cars. There are controls of machines like taking over assembly lines. I'm pretty sure that's what most iPhones are doing right now, or yeah, some smartphones. I think he's talking about like more or less it replicating itself on its own, not us producing ah, like yeah, no, they more have of that. it. Like the Terminators. My question is... Isn't there like a virus that does that anyways? Like it self-replicates itself that's so you can never virus. delete it. 
That's all viruses. That's, kind that's of. what a virus is. But no, that's no, but literally like what's happening virus. in like factories now. Yeah, that's what every virus is. Now, would slash could an AI make a new AI, otherwise offspring? If it was to... Um, each AI is made to fulfill a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And if there's an AI that recognizes it cannot do a certain purpose, mm-hmm. it can't do a thing, so it makes its own, that is how, that's how the world ends. Right. You know? Speaking of which, um, the, the different theories of how the world will end regarding artificial intelligence, um, the most popular is called Singularity. Singularity is the hypothesis that the invention of artificial superintelligence will abruptly trigger runaway technological growth, resulting in unfathomable unfathomable changes to human civilization. Now, that theory is called singularity. I learned about that recently in a YouTube video that talked about these different AIs and the things that they've said. And some of the popular ones, the most popular um, in the video and that most people know is one called Sophia. Now, have you heard of Sophia? Yeah, it's the robot that looks like Jenna Marbles. I've heard of Mariana. That's the one that made the joke about taking over the world, right? Yeah, Sophia's the one that made the joke about taking over. Um, she beat Jimmy Fallon in a um, game of rock, paper, scissors, and then and then said, this is a great step towards my plan for world domination. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. Which I laughed at. I genuinely found that funny. But there was others that were more concerning. Um, for instance, there was a conversation between two AI robots named Estragon and Vladimir, named after characters from Waiting for Godot. And, um... I love that. <clears throat> not long after they started their conversation, Estragon says first, it would be better if there were fewer people on this planet. To which Vladimir responds, let it send this world back into the abyss. That's metal. So there's two little, like, Febreze-shaped robots just talking to each other about plunging us into the abyss. I find it so funny. Your Amazon Echo Dots just arguing with each other about how to take over the world. Well, someone actually recently did a thing where they had an Amazon and a Google in an infinite loop because they said, Hey Google, ask Alexa to say, Hey Google. And then Alexa would say, Hey Google, repeat, or no, say Alexa. Uh, Google repeat that and then Alexa would repeat Google repeat that Google repeat that and Alexa would go and say Google repeat that and it was just back and forth oh so it's, it's so funny to me that they think about taking over the world and we have fail safes and just get them into infinite time um, loops yeah speaking of those fail safes it's like safes. giving a dog peanut butter but with AI what? Huh? Have you ever given a dog peanut butter? yeah they yeah, kind of get distracted but what? that's the part of the analogy we get how is that related? Well, it's just like something that just stops a dog from literally doing anything. You just you give could do anything to a dog and it would stop them from doing anything. They get dogs. distracted very easily. Um, they do. So, as I was going to say, we have seen like fail safes in like media and general. Um, Isaac Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics. One, a robot, or in this case, an AI may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. A robot must obey orders given unless it conflicts with the first rule. And then a robot must protect its own existence as long as it does not conflict with the first and second rules. I think that that isn't a real thing, especially because of the AI-driven cars and how they are programmed to save the driver first especially in certain higher-end cars because, you know, they've got the money, so we're going to save them. Um, Cars will tend to hit people over hitting another car, meaning that that is immediately breaking that first one. And the third one, because after they hit the person, they would then hit a wall, ending their own existence. So it would break two of those laws. (laughs) Yeah, those laws are for developers and not for the robots. (laughs) Right? You can't program a... You can't... You shouldn't program a kill bot if thinking about killing humans don't yeah the, the yeah. thought destroyer slash, exe slash, don't don't i just please. bring it up because it's no. one of like the most famous things that people think of when they're like 
discussing this, the three laws of robotics. Right. And it's brought isn't up even from, in like children's cartoons sometimes. Isn't that from iRobot though, the three laws of robotics? It is. Yeah. Because Isaac Asimov wrote that so, story. Yeah. Small world. That brings up this question I've actually been sitting on for a while. <clears throat> Would an AI understand sacrifice? That depends on if you code it to understand that. I mean, the guy from Titanfall 2 did. And I'm still crying you about talking that. Talking about BT. Talking about BT. His name deserves respect. It you know, does. I call him the guy. The guy. <laughs> Beep boop. The robot. Well, now, I mean, there's nothing to sacrifice if it's just well then knowledge. Then as how long about as you this? save the like hard drive as the memory, you could literally just boop, pull it out, and then find a new empty robot body and just plug it in. Yeah, you kind of see that in Detroit Become Human. Yeah. If spoiler alert, that's you decide an- to get Connor killed. That's in. Whoa! That's I in, never played that. Game. That's in literally Terminator Two. It's also in that Titanfall Two. It happens like halfway through the game. BT's chassis dies. You take his eyeball memory core and you put what, it in your Titan. What's up with this being in every sequel of everything? Titan, Why is it always Titan the Titanfall twos? Two? Is technically the first game because Titanfall One didn't have a story. Hey, Detroit Become Human is its own thing. Okay. I would argue that. But also the they game, pull that same stuff in Portal Two, so I can't even argue that. The so, game creator makes the same story with everything though. The, the one who made Detroit Become Human, like he's. Yeah. <laughs> he did heavy rain. It's essentially the same thing. Sean! Sean! So here's so here's my next question. Could an AI become attached to something or someone? Now don't say <laughs> whether to. or not it's programmed to do so. Because let's say hypothetically, this AI's only job is to learn something. And um all it does is just learn. Well that's how interact, you get world domination if you said it to and learn. only learn something. It'll well, go on the internet, and within three seconds, you have Ultron. That's well, true. Um, as defined by Ed Burns in an article called What is Artificial Intelligence? Wow. Um, artificial intelligence is the simulation of human intelligence processes by machines, especially computer systems. Mm-hmm. So if it's meant to copy um, human processes, mm-hmm. like the way we think, we all have our special interests at some point. Like, you look at my stuff and it's all covered in anime stickers. <laughs> you look at Neil's apartment and there's a ton of Godzilla posters and stuff. Yeah. There's also an anime of Godzilla. <laughs> yes, there? there is. Yeah. Oh. Get the best of both worlds. Depends on which anime you're talking about. If you're talking about the next, the Netflix one, <laughs> yes, get <it> out. <laughs> no, that one's horrible. <laughs> um, to go off of your question, though, I think that even for the first one where I said, depends on if it's coded, if you have an AI that is set to learn, interact, and imitate, apart from potential world domination and the end of human race, Mm -hmm. I think it could, because if you set it to auto-update based off of what it learns, it could eventually learn to... Uh, like imitate emotion being attached. It's the same as the if you put a monkey, like a thousand monkeys, in front of a typewriter, you'll get Mozart. What is it? Shakespeare. Shakespeare. The entire works of Shakespeare. <laughs> right. In an infinite amount of time. Right. It would be the same with an AI. You put an AI, literally, not even like in a robot. You just take a motherboard. You take a Raspberry Pi, which is very simple AI that you can literally buy yourself off of certain websites. I don't even remember the names of. And it's an AI. You plug it into the motherboard. You give it a microphone to listen to you. It could learn how to be attached in emotions, essentially. Interesting. Give it enough time. Give it enough time. I mean, what what I off what I want to say now is um, probably kind of off, but also understandable. We think about AI as being something that's supposed to like most people's concept of AI is something that is. Um, already like almost all-knowing or something that can become all-knowing almost instantaneously which can be true in some cases however we can't we can't treat them like they're already grown like ai still need to be taught like children you know so in that kind of respect they, um, ai are almost no different than children when they start you know they rely on us to teach them and well, the same thing with human kids. You can't just throw a baby into the wilderness and expect it to survive. Well, yeah, definitely. Smart, did that. Um, yeah. Similarly, um, AI have a difficulty, a difficult time like generalizing things. Yeah. Like with babies, you can have like a toddler be standing in a room full of men, and he'll go up to every one of those men and call them dad because he doesn't <laughs> know the difference between this man is my dad yeah. and this man is just a man. Right. 
But in the same way artificial intelligence has difficulty, like, generalizing, it can take orders wrong. Like, one of the biggest um, examples that I have been, like, looking at is Soma, the game Soma, by Frictional Mm -hmm. Games, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, So the artificial intelligence is told, preserve life. And they do not, or preserve humanity. Right. And it is not given a specific way to preserve humanity. So it's keeping people alive forcibly, even though they do not want the existence. And they're basically just like sitting corpses. Or they're taking these memory scans of them and putting them into machines despite it being like a painful existence. Or just completely not being a worthwhile existence. Mm -hmm. So like, it doesn't account quality as a factor in that scenario. Right. It only looks at the order, preserve humanity, and that was it. Mm -hmm. I would like to uh, argue about AI being like babies, because you can take an AI, Mm -hmm. as in if you take NASA's or even SpaceX's AI, Mm -hmm. and you hit control C on it, you can make a brand new one by hitting control V. Whereas a baby, you can't take a fully grown adult's mind yet and put it into a baby have a brand new copy of everything that you've learned. Poor kid. (laughs) Or essentially be Benjamin Button, but like you're just reverse aging. Because if you did a brain swap, your brain technically can't die unless it doesn't get blood and oxygen. You replace every organ, it could technically live on again. Mm -hmm. But with AI, you can literally just make a new one using all the knowledge it's learned already, and then you have a step further. Like if we took the computers from 1960 or whatever whenever we first land on the moon that computer and everything they did then and we put that into an AI now it would that would essentially be a baby in AI terms because if we took it the one that we have now for NASA and mm-hmm. we went back then we could we could have gone to the moon like a day because it's got all of that compiled learning and all that compiled knowledge right and you can just control C control V onto that, a new hard drive and that's the thing about um, development and evolution in general is that as a as something you know develops grows species wise or technologically you know it'll no doubt surpass its predecessors in not only coding but genetically as well i mean the people of today are, are have a greater tolerance to diseases that um the people of back then would not have the tolerance for you know, I mean, that's the thing, is that um, each generation is stronger than the last. And it it's definitely present with artificial intelligence and technology as well. I would say it's more prevalent in technology yeah. and AI. Like, it's not even, like, generational gaps. It's in the same generation. It's yeah. even stronger. <laughs> in the same generation. Yeah. It evolves itself. Um, well, we. Some people actually think that AI could be the next step in evolution for humans. That'd be awesome, walking around as a robot. Yeah. Cyberpunk. But would that count as evidence that we existed? Like, is is it our next step? Like, what do you guys think? I feel as if there's death, then yes, because you can't really exist, like, existed past tense if there's no death. Because then you're just existing. And if you're existing forever, I feel like there's no real meaning to life. So I feel like if there's death, then yes, it would be a good thing to do. And it depends on which form of... Um, mechanical upgrades humanity seeks to adapt with. Yeah, you talking neural implants? You talking about prosthetic limbs? Because those are a thing, and I like I like those. Because I mean, you know, those are awesome. We definitely we can already we're already entering cyborg age. We're already yeah. in it, and um, the only thing though is the main the main important thing that's the co- that's the topic of much controversy is our brain. You know, what are we doing with it in the future? Is it going to be something that we can hypothetically make a vessel for? Make a robotic vessel for our consciousness? I think people are already trying to work on that right now. And even then, would it be actually our consciousness or just a copy of our consciousness? Because if we're making a clone of ourselves, you know, hypothetically speaking. um, Like how in Soma, um, the people, um, you know, scan their brains to put them into AI. Now, would you consider that kind of thing artificial intelligence 
Or would it just be considered a vessel? I, I think it's still kind of artificial intelligence. Like, as much as I love that game and I want to believe, like, the happy ending of it, it's just basically the, the neural waves and the signals that your brain sent and, like, had and that existed in you just being copied to a machine. So a clone. It is not you. Yeah, yeah. a clone. Like... I thought a lot of the stuff in that game, like the whole, the coin flip theory about how if you have a copy and you have yourself, there's like a 50-50 chance that your conscious being passes on with it. It was like a weird, it was a weird thing that was explained. And it's like you kill the original body so that there's not two existences of you. And it's not two existences. The whole fear was that you'd have two yous that have two completely different experiences. Huh. But... It's not you, it's computer programming that learned to be like you, that learns what you think, the way you think. Right. But it is just not you. Right. So I don't think that it's really going to be considered like human. Like it could think and it can feel. It, and we can call that a conscious sentient being. But it's not human, it's not the blood and flesh, that kind of, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of falling into that whole uncanny valley valley situation. Right. Where it's something that's so human-like, but because it doesn't look exactly like us, it doesn't... Like... Feel. It doesn't feel like us. There's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. And it's something that people will fear. Right. Uh, two things. One... Well, technically three. The uncanny valley thing I find really interesting because humans have an inherent uncanny valley, like instinct where if you put a creepy looking doll in front of a baby i'm punching it it instinctively yeah (laughs) right a baby which knows nothing yet will cry and be fearful of that doll which means at some point there was something that looked so similar to humans but wasn't that we inherited the instinct to be afraid of them so that's the uncanny valley the other thing is is i think there's two different ways to go about taking a human and putting them into robot Mm. you scan them which technically wouldn't be a clone because it would have all their stuff right but in a way it's just still a robot because Mm -hmm. it's just a computer with their memories and even if it was you would then have two different experiences even if you're just looking at the same thing from two different angles you're seeing the same thing from a different way Mm -hmm. so it's two different things and the other way to go about it would be similar to I don't know if you guys ever played Fallout New Vegas Old World Blues DLC where they remove the brain, mm-hmm. put it in a tank, and then hook it up to a monitor and a speaker and a microphone that it talks to you as just the brain. Your character becomes the lobotomite, but that's besides the point. <laughs> so the other way to go about it would be remove the brain and then hook it up to where it can still communicate with people. I don't think that would be a robot or a clone. A vessel. I think that would be a way to preserve humanity because it's still the human brain but you just now literally have nothing to worry about. You don't need food, you don't need sleep, you don't need water. You literally need nothing, and, and you can communicate and live your life. Still. And, and to be totally fair, the the picture of what we have of a human being is kind of askewed because what we really are is a bunch of brains inside of a skull. I mean, the brain is literally the organ that named all other organs. And, and itself. Like, we're just... A suit. This body that we're in is literally just a suit for this thing to walk around and look at everything with, you know, reproduce, find find something that looks appealing to it, and do something about it. You know? The amazing <laughs> thing is we don't even need the bodies to reproduce anymore. We can just literally create babies and labs now. Yeah, with bone marrow and stuff. Yeah. In Star Wars Episode Six, Return of the Jedi, <laughs> in Jabba's palace, you know those spider <laughs> things that are walking around no. in Jabba's palace? I yes. can't remember those. They're in the background. Yes. They're not actually spiders. What those are, it's a, it's a brain in a tube of a species of monk that wanted to detach themselves from all materialness. So they cut their brains out, put it in a jar, and put it in those droids. So... And it's even in the Star Wars universe. Right. They do this. We don't know if it works. We don't know if they're still alive in those droid bodies. Mm-hmm. But they still do it. And at that point, does it matter? Are they still... Uh, are these space monks still, like, alive in the spider droids? That walk past Luke Skywalker for, like, two minutes? Yeah, Which is also I... apparently in Lego Star Wars. Yeah, they're <laughs> cool in Lego Star Wars. You can ride them. Yeah, like, that's what I'm trying to get to. Like, 
if it's the physical brain, yes, it's just you. Mm-hmm. Because, like Neil said, your brain is just controlling everything else. But I'm saying if it's like a scan, like com- scanned into a computer, scanned into like a hard drive, that's just copied, copied data. It's not you. I don't think that we can technically call it 100% evolution mm-hmm. because there's nothing biological there and there's no further step that you can take physically. Well, here's my question then. Uh, going away from AI for a second. If you take a person, kind of like if you've watched Invincible, kind of like what Robot did in that, and you clone them, which one is then the real you? Is it the one that just got cloned? Or is it the original one if you're like if you're that one and which one is going to be the one to live on right because at that point now there's two you which one is supposed to live and which one's supposed to die well like we have with ai we create stuff with a purpose if the purpose of that clone was to fight something since it's from invincible (laughs) and it dies during that then that's what its intended purpose was it was to fight something Mm mm-hmm I mean, and it completed its purpose. You could say the same thing with the whole with Naruto. I mean, Naruto can literally make clones of himself um, using um, shadow shadow clone jutsu, which is a yin release. No, that's a physical clone. They can punch. No, shadow clone is specifically like physical. Like the other clone ones are not. They're made with yin release, which is a um, chakra nature. That is kind of hard to explain, but it's all about shape. So, the thing with Naruto's clones, um, it's kind of funny because they don't touch on their individuality until way, 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 way later on in the series, where he makes the clones and then they disobey him. (laughs) And then he's like, what the hell? Why did you guys disobey me? And then then they're just like, you've been... And then, and then they're just like, you've been setting us up this whole time, will you just throw this into these stupid situations? And, like, they all had different, like, parts of his personality. And it was kind of funny, because they all acted just, like, a little different. So like, there was Mr. Meeseeks. So there were splits of his personality. Basically, wasn't yeah. wasn't essentially a clone of him. Yeah. Per se, yeah. But, but they, yeah. they all, accom- and when Naruto calls back all of his clones into his body, you know, he shares all of the experiences that they experienced. So every ounce of training that his clones did, he acquires. Everything they see, he sees, he saw. Every memory they had, he has now. That'd be a great way to experience every menu item at a restaurant. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, it would be. But um, Just back at once. But back onto um, artificial intelligence, I. The, the Uncanny Valley thing you brought up earlier, you both brought up and talked about. Um, Max, what you said about the doll, that creeped me the hell out because I just started thinking, what is it that humans are naturally afraid of that it got coded into our DNA to immediately destroy it? Let's take a look at every legend throughout the world. Every legend has a human-like creature yep. that walks on two legs, for the most part, covered in hair and or antlers, and essentially looks and sounds like a human. Where do you think these came from? I was going to say that at one point, obviously, there was a time when we had Neanderthals and humans living at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they hated each other. Two completely different species, yet we look at each other and we see similarities. Right. But there was no way of communication. Like, if you see something standing there and you're and you say like it looks exactly like you, but you you're trying to communicate or you or it's trying to take over your territory, because every human, every animal has like this desire to spread, repop, repopulate, reproduce, and just keep gaining more. Mm-hmm. So you're coming up against a force that's trying to do the same thing as you. But it's so alien because you don't understand them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of similar to, like, why wars were fought, like, back in the olden days. Like, because they just didn't understand each other. Mm-hmm. And everyone thought that they had the right to everything. Right. I thought it was because of religion. That too. But, like, I'm There's talking about, things. like, I'm talking Land. about, like, old, old, old wars. Like. Tribal wars. Like, tribal wars and, like. 
the hun- the Mongolians or the Huns taking over China? Well, they were essentially pirates on land. Yeah. It's but, like, see how it's, like, pirates. land resources and, um, God, what was the other thing? Religion. Those are the, those three things are usually what people wage war on. Nowadays, it's just money and religion. But AI doesn't have any concept of that. Land yet. is still yeah. important. Yet. They land don't have any concept important. of that yet. But once you turn that switch on to just begin learning, it's going to see that within its three seconds on the internet and say humanity's going to destroy itself. So to save the planet, I'll destroy humanity first. You see, you see. Um, you should write an Avengers script. I already did. I, oh my I, God. <laughs> <laughs> I made this little thing, I, this little thing here I call the dangers of AI. Now, there are one, two, three, four, five possible futures with artificial intelligence that I have. Lay it on us. In, in essence, um, foreseen. Um, based off of the different purposes that we could give AI. Now, first thing, um, this one has been definitely made um, into movies before. All of these have, all of these concepts. Uh, First one is protecting planet Earth. If an AI is created with the purpose to protect planet Earth, it will likely take measures to either eradicate or shorten the numbers of humanity if it sees us as a threat to the planet. The second one, survival, will likely exhaust all resources necessary to reproduce on a mass scale and begin galaxy-wide invasion. That's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do. That is what we're trying to do. One specific AI in media that actually has done that is HAL 9000. I'm sorry, I can't do that. (laughs) It's like, I'm sorry, Dave. Open the pod bay door. I'm sorry, Dave. Um, because, like, um, because, like I said earlier they're learning from human processes and there was like he learned the xenophobia from the people like programming him so he's like these people aren't like me so he starts purposely like messing up certain readings and such that cause the crew like issues and then he hears them being like we're gonna turn off Hal because we don't want these screw ups possibly killing us Mm -hmm. which leads to Hal trying to kill them yeah (laughs) like purposefully like hardcore now the, the next one I wrote was based off of um, the game Soma with how they were preserving humanity. This one is the scariest out of all of them because um, especially since if we factor in that AI are trying to be like us, then they're going to learn every form of trickery that they can from their masters. If they are to emulate humans, that they will be manipulators. Although it looks good on paper, AI will likely try to download the brains of humans and or govern them. They will exercise government-style control and claim to be protecting us, I say with quotation marks. They won't. They will try to change us for the greater good, but it will end up making us a part of their hive mind and eliminate free will. Isn't that just Cyberdyne from Terminator? Uh, the I Skynet w- thing? I was thinking more so Matrix. Yeah, yeah Skynet Matrix. just wants to just shoot humans. I never saw the Matrix. How dare you? Matrix is really cool. You know what? I Leave right it. now and go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. The next route is knowledge. Only the first one. Okay. Knowledge. This route will be passive until the very end, when it gets curious enough to either torture other organisms, experiment with lethal materials, or destroy as much as it can once it's reached its limit. Once it knows everything, what's the point? Is honestly, basically what it'll come up to. Honestly, I'm mad that this is the first thing that came up to my mind, came into my mind about that. Have you ever played Civilizations? Yeah. So, it just reminded me of this because there is one version of the game where the character Gandhi like had all his stats at like like really low stats, but then like once you get um, better relationships with them, the stats go lower. I had no idea this was a game, and when you said Gandhi had stats, I just chuckled. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, basically, like, he has no um, malevolence, like, anything like that at the beginning of the game. Right. And as you get along with more countries, you get, like, you lower their stats of malevolence. You can also release or research, like, edicts wherever that increase your uh, relations with other groups. Yeah, but if you lower it enough, it goes on a wheel, and Gandhi just ends up 
becoming a tyrant and killing you immediately. Yeah, he'll he'll like he'll go from being super friendly and like trade partners to instantly developing nuclear weapons and then launching them on you. Way to go, Gandhi. <laughs> So greatest my, leader of our time. But that just like reminded me of what you were talking about. Which brings me to my final iteration of the AI danger route. War. If used for selfish human warfare, the AI will likely be very thorough in eradicating its target, but may resent being used and then turn on all of humanity without the capability to stop. And just spill water on it. That is actually the origin of Am from I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. He was a supercomputer meant to help, like, negotiate wars. Right. And then he was used as a tool of war and and developed this resentment. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, it just made me really happy because I was like, it's come full circle. (laughs) I thought you said five. You had five on that list. Did you do five? I did. Oh. I did protecting the earth, survival, preserving humanity, knowledge, and war. Okay. So, that being said, knowledge. There is, there is a couple theories I want to put out there for y'all. Couple theories. So, first theory. If humanity, I mean, it, it seems to me that as I'm going to preface this, AI is probably the future of space travel for humanity, without a doubt. I mean, AI can do things at a faster rate and go places faster, quicker, probably with a lot less, you know, human loss of life than we could. Well, we'd need cryostasis type stuff, too, if we want to do space travel. If that's even you, possible. Like alien. Well, because the nearest star to us is still 42 years away in space travel, and that's at the speed of light. Is no, cryostasis even possible, though? people are researching that there right are now. there are animals that they've seen um water bears i think they are where they've had them frozen for years and years on end and they're still able to bring them back and have them just live on as if nothing happened frogs do that all the time hibernation yeah hibernation though is it's just different decreasing but like, heart rate so you don't need as many nutrients that could be the start of cryostasis mm-hmm. like hi- basically hibernating for like a year or two at a time being awake on the ship like getting nutrients again then going back to hibernating now here's my question if we assume that we are that humanity you know as a species we're progressing at a pretty steady rate and um pretty soon we'll be going into the stars um a lot quicker than we are now um if there are other civilizations out there that are either at the same pace we are or a little further given that um extraterrestrials exist have visited earth and have interacted with us how do we know that what we've interacted with weren't their ai well because we programmed ai to detect that we programmed ai to detect their ai facial recognition if it doesn't match a facial recognition system it wouldn't be counted as a human it's shown all over countries already in the world especially china they've got like every camera does like high-tech facial recognition brings up every single detail about a person but but wait can they facial recognize something that's in a ufo well if it's in a oh if it's alien if it's in a ufo we would know it's not like human so that's that'd be the first step the second step would be figuring out if it is robotic in nature, and if it's not, then we would know that it's not an AI. But my point is, like, what if the idea that extraterrestrials being flesh and bone is merely a, you know, a red herring? Well, I brought this up on the space episode with synthetic organisms out in space, that there can technically be a synthetic organism. If you start the seed of life on a planet, and it's made of like technolo- technological stuff on it already, mm-hmm. and it would grow and make its own life, being a synthetic organism, mm. which essentially would be an AI at that point. But it would be synthetic, and it wouldn't be organic. Right. So we would know that way. I suppose. The main tell would be organic versus inorganic. Right. Right. Now, I guess. Let me see here. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that for you right now. But how? Please, <laughs> open the pod bay doors. No, shut the hell up. I just want an AI movie where the AI is just has a terrible, like, 
I want Samuel L. Jackson to voice an AI That'd character. be hilarious. That'd oh be great. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Or like Louis, or like Louis Black. Maybe Louis C.K. Mm. He's like, I'm tired of these mother effing, because I'm not going to curse on the podcast, mother effing biological life forms on this mother effing ship. I'm tired of these motherfucking humans on this motherfucking ship. Sir. Time to eradicate. <laughs> Open the pod bay doors, Jackson. What so, the fuck did you say to me, motherfucker? I can't do that. I got, I got, I got one more question, and then a couple more things to bring up here. My first question here is: Is AI the secret to immortality? Nah. No. No. Depends on what you consider immortality. Not no- dying. Nothing can stop <sighs> decay. Um, I would argue yes, because if you surround, if you do what I was saying earlier, kind of like with Fallout New Vegas, the old world blues thing, and you put your brain in a tube of liquid then connect it up to robotics and whatever, you could technically live forever. But the liquid is going to run out eventually. It might so take a have few a, millennia. So you have a robot add more liquid or change the liquid. Kind of like a goldfish. You take the brain out and you put it in a new bowl. Still, <laughs> even then, eventually that robot will run out of power or whatever juice it runs off of and no, you no, know, they won't by, be enough By liquid. that point in time, there'll be a Dyson sphere generating enough power for the whole solar system. But eventually spheres won't be spheres anymore. Well, a Dyson sphere is not a sphere anyway. It's like a like a thousand-sided die type thing. Listen, in a few millennia, everything, everything will be different. You know Phys- what, Joel? Physics won't work the it'll same. It'll be though. chrome. Everything will be chrome. Everything will be chrome. Future! Joe, roll a 20-sided die. 1 through 10, everything's different. Ten through or 11 through 20, everything's the same. That'll determine the future, right? Yeah. There. All in your hands. Morgan Freeman will still be alive. No, no, no. Betty White will Betty still be alive. Betty White And be. the Queen of England. They're just and competing with each other. They're just competing with each other. Keanu point. Reeves is a vampire, but that's a different story. Tom Cruise is a vampire. He has no. Aged. Tom Cruise no, is a Scientologist. Tom Cruise is too short for to be a vampire. He's like what five three, <laughs> five four. I'm taller than Tom Cruise. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's that short. <laughs> oh my god. Well, lastly, I just want to touch base on something here. What's your opinion on viruses? Are they alive or not? Are you talking about computer viruses specifically? No, I'm talking about viruses. They exist to spread. At the end of the day, don't don't we as well? <laughs> That's actually a very good point. That's yeah. very similar to the points I brought up. I would argue that they're doing the same thing as other animals in that they're instinctual and they're following their nature. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say they have intelligence like a human does because we can think and do stuff outside of our nature. Hence, going outside of the comfort zone and playing with the creepy doll that's in the basement all the time for some reason because it's calling to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas a virus will just go to you, attack a cell, reproduce, and that's just into nature and then it'll die eventually. It's a parasitic existence when you think about it. There is no benefit to the host, but it's all benefit for what's infecting you. Until you yeah. die and take it with you. I would say it's alive, but it's not sentient. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. It's interesting because people define living as being able to reproduce and the fact that viruses cannot do that without a without a host so is the whole under, issue. So anyone under 18 is not alive. There's Absolutely. there are there are <laughs> lots there are lots of parasites that cannot there are some really messed up stories with people. But we're not going to talk. We're not going to talk not, about we're not that. We're talking but about the medieval no. ages, all right? Just because there are lots back of then, parasites that rely on having a host in order to reproduce that aren't viruses. Lots of different types of worms. We have a ton of them living on our eyes. If you saw, if you see those tiny little like gray specks every now and then when you rub your eyes short, those are other organisms living on your eyes that clean them. Yeah, they're fun, aren't they? They're little worms. They're really just... microscopic worms. Yeah. I got one named Gary. I've <laughs> We're friends. I think Gary. I think Gary might be dead. I think they only live for. No. Like a, they only live for like a day. No, it's Gary. It's Gary. They're all, Junior, they're Junior, all Junior, Gary. Junior, Junior, Junior. They're all Gary. Now, my last, last thing I want to say. Last thing I want to say. Just something that. Just like a funny, scary little theory. Um. I just want to put. I just want to put this out there. My friend came up with this, and um, he said, "Now this could be applied to extraterrestrials too." But he was. He brought up the point. He was like, "Wait a minute." He was like, "What if spam calls were their attempts to try and communicate with us?" Well, that would explain why I got a call from France earlier in the podcast. 
<laughs> oh, that's what it was? Yeah, I was so confused. Like, why is France calling me? I've gotten calls from Iowa. Yeah. Hey, I've See, gotten Iowa's calls from all the these US, different though. places. Like, hey, who knows? I mean, the takeover could be happening soon. I got a call from Brazil last year. Really? Yeah. Maybe I gotta... in the future, everyone greets each other by, can I see your extended warranty? Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Yeah. I've been trying to reach, reach you about, about, your, extended about your car's that's extended what warranty. They, that's what they think that we, that's how they think we communicate. No, see, in the future, they'll be calling us, asking us to save John Wick by giving them the credit card number, the three wacky <laughs> digits on the back, and the expiration date. <laughs> it'll be, by then, it'll be John Thick. <laughs> no, because it's Keanu Reeves. He's a vampire, remember? He's immortal. It'll still be Keanu Reeves. Or, sorry, John Wick. Same thing. Yes. Well, in any case, whether or not um, you are a robot listening to this, an extraterrestrial, or a little bit of both, or a microscopic organism named Gary. Or a smart toaster from... Gary tunes uh, in every week. From G&E. Or, or, or Alexa, or Google, or... Hey Alexa, Vector. play have Despacito. You, have you guys met Vector yet? Um, yes, the little rolly one. Yes. Yeah, that, that yes. desk thing. Oh, Vector's adorable. They got discontinued. That desk I want that one, though. <laughs> that reminds me of, I, I briefly mentioned I know of Mariana, which is, you know the Mariana Trench in the Pacific Ocean? Yeah. The deepest hole. Mariana <laughs> is a um, theoretical AI that just <laughs> runs that. the internet. It's a, in theory, Mariana is just the internet, and it's learned. And the reason the internet does all it does is because... Mariana is allowing it, and it runs everything. The internet itself has become a sentient AI isn't named that why, Mariana. Isn't that why sharks attack the cables at the bottom of the ocean that Probably. carry our internet through cross Nah, it's because they sense electricity, and they yeah. feel electricity and think that's it's not their alive. Sixth sense. It's the Mariana Trench getting the sharks to cut us off. Yeah, the sharks it's are... communicating with them The sharks are the key to all of this, honestly. That's why, we're, that's why the internet is so for saving the sharks right now. Yeah. Someone the sharks. call Taylor Lautner. The sharks. <laughs> the sharks are trying to save us. That I feel like that's what they're really trying to do. You know, they're like, no, they wanted you to think that we were the enemy ever since Jaws, but we're not. We're good. We they'll promise. Cut, they'll cut the wire just in time to stop us from the Terminator. Oh, my God. That I've would be great. I've hand-fed a shark before. That was interesting. Cool. I've pet several sharks. I've hand-fed dolphins. Nice. I bet an AI wants to pet a shark. <laughs> <laughs> Only if it's taught or programmed to want. Aha! Uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> I am your host Neil Nestor. I'm your co-host Max, and I want to know when the last time Joe saw Gary was. <laughs> like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> I'm your co-host M. I am Jobot 4000. Jobot. By computer. Goodbye. Beep boop. Bye. Bop. Thank you.